0: and welcome to mini episode 64 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How
1: you do? uh...
0: You're probably wondering why you're hearing our dulcet tones on a Friday and the answer is simple. We just wanted to do another episode. We're not in a position right now to do a 30 days of terror, even though it really would clear the backlog a lot. But Dan works full time, I work the days that he's off. So this is our alternative for a while. The plan is that we will continue with our Sunday episode, our Wednesday episode and hopefully most weeks we'll be able to do a Friday episode too. If we miss a Friday it's just because we haven't had the chance to record, we haven't been able to get around to it or whatever but the plan is to have a Sunday, Wednesday and Friday episode. I have four spooky stories for you today and the last story of those spooky stories is from the 5th of June 2020. Now our first story is like a bunch of smaller stories so my plan is to leave a pause in between each story so you kind of know when a new tale is emerging are you ready nope and story number one comes from lee as a young child my parents divorced half the time we stayed with my dad at the brown house my sister and i have always had a creepy vibe from the house There was a vague sense of darkness and we frequently felt like someone was watching us. We have both been touched by unseen forces and have heard footsteps when no one was there. Any dogs that were brought into the house would inevitably bark, growl or stare at the exact same spot in our kitchen for no known reason. My sister and I shared a room for most of our childhood. One night my sister was trying to fall asleep but opened her eyes for a moment she saw a short, pitch-black female figure next to the bed. It had long hair that blocked out the shape of its shoulders. Initially, thinking it was me, she looked over only to see that I was still asleep in bed. On a few other occasions, she saw light-coloured, elongated, very tall figures that stood in the doorway in the middle of the night. Once, she also saw a white figure walk past the bedroom in broad daylight. Thinking it was our dad walking by, she went to ask him something, but no one was there. When she saw the white figure, she had a confused feeling and said it didn't give off any negative energy. The elongated figures gave her an unsettled, scary feeling. The black figure was the worst. She felt like it radiated evil and she felt like she wasn't meant to see it. As a senior in high school, I had a few days each week where I would get done with class early and could leave campus. I relished this time home alone and would often use it to take a long shower without anyone scolding me for using all the hot water. This incident occurred around 2 or 2.30 on a weekday. The rest of my family was either at work or in school so no one could have had any involvement in this. We rarely used the front door so it was always left with the deadbolt and doorknob locked. Our back door had an odd little latch that could only be locked from the inside. That day I came home and immediately locked the latch as usual. I went upstairs to my room, walked into my closet to grab clothes and went back downstairs. While showering I suddenly heard loud stomping and running down our stairs. It was incredibly loud and fast and sounded like a large person with big work boots. I was utterly petrified. I am a whopping 5 foot tall. Even at my best I am far from intimidating. In this case, I had the added fun of being naked, wet and slightly blinded like Velma from Scooby-Doo since my glasses were off. After some time, I got out, grabbed the biggest butcher knife I could find and started checking every inch of the house. No one was there. All the doors were still locked, all the windows were closed and locked. I brushed it off thinking I must have heard something from outside. Eventually, I made my way back up to my room and went back into my closet to drop off my dirty clothes. That's where my blood ran cold. With horror, I realised that a pair of white men's underwear was carefully laid out in the doorframe of my closet. I had just been in that closet. There is absolutely no way I could have missed something that absurd. Later that evening, after the rest of my family was home, I told them about the weird experience. My father, obviously alarmed, started searching the house for anything suspicious. He noticed that his bottom drawer was slightly out of place. A few years prior, he got a package of underwear that was the wrong size, and he ended up forgetting to return them and had shoved the package to the back of his dresser. Someone, or something, opened the dresser drawer opened the package of underwear, took one pair up to my room, carefully unrolled it, laid it in the doorway of my closet and ran down the stairs while I was showering. What the actual fuck? The experience could absolutely have been a person, but I simply cannot explain how he or she left the house while everything was still locked. Another creepy experience happened a few years later. I was visiting home from college. Due to all the past experiences at the house I was not keen to sleep there but it was late and I was tired and I ended up falling asleep on our couch in the living room. The next morning I woke up bright and early as my dad was walking around getting ready for work. I was just laying there hoping to fall back to sleep. At some point I felt a presence like someone was watching me. I thought it was my dad but the feeling continued and it felt like the presence was getting closer In my mind, I was thinking, what the hell, Dad? When all of a sudden, something booped my forehead. It felt like someone took their index finger and directly poked my skin. It was hard enough that my head slid a few inches on the pillow. My dad is very stoic and not one to pull something like this. I obviously sat up angry, ready to yell at him. But I realised that he had already left the house and I was alone. When I was young, I had a relative who worked at a nursing home called Bell Tower. This nursing home was run by nuns and was connected to a nearby hospital and mansion through underground tunnels, which have now been blocked off. If that's not scary enough, the mansion it is connected to is supposedly cursed. It is known as TB Scott Mansion and has had seven owners die mysteriously after a Native American chief supposedly cursed the land it was built on. I swear I'm not making this up one owner even died on the Titanic. Anyway, at Bell Tower, multiple people have seen white figures, felt unexplained cold spots, have seen doors open on their own. My relative would sometimes bring my cousin and I to work with her, as we did some volunteering there. My cousin and I were one day hanging out chatting in an empty community room. At the same time, we both realised we heard a slow, scraping noise. Looking up, we saw that a massive brass framed mirror started slowly sliding back and forth on the wall. We looked at it, and then at each other, and realised that we were both hearing and seeing the same thing. And then we booked it out of there. Years later, I went back to try and find some explanation. The mirror was still there. It was incredibly heavy. Even if there had been wind or a vent, there was no way it could have moved the mirror. In college, I was living with my ex-boyfriend. It was an emotionally abusive relationship at a dark time in my life. I lived with him for roughly six months and never experienced anything paranormal, except for one three-day period. On day one, I was home alone and showering. And why does scary shit keep happening when I shower? Anyway, I realised that the new shower scrubby I had just bought was left on the other side of the bathroom on the sink. I moved the shower curtain, saw where it was, mentally decided it wasn't worth stepping out of the shower to get, and went back to the water. I started shampooing my hair and had my head fully under the water for a moment. When I stepped back out of the water, I stepped on something odd. Looking down, I saw the shower scrubby, I literally just saw it seconds before from across the room. On day two, my ex and I were woken out of a dead sleep by a male voice loudly whispering, Wake up! He was a sceptic, and refused to believe that it was anything paranormal, but I have no other explanation. On day three, my ex and I were in the living room, and I was talking about how scared I was over the events of the past few days. He, being the ass that he was, scoffed and tried to make me feel like I was crazy, even though he woke up from the voice too. At that moment, the kitchen light turned on by itself. This was a newer duplex, and we never had any electrical issues. Whatever was there was trying to make its presence known. But nothing else happened after that, and I moved out a few months later. In college, I worked the night shift at an assisted living home. We were supposed to have two workers, but sometimes I was alone. Other workers and I occasionally saw glimpses of shadows or movement. Sometimes we felt cold spots. Spooky but not totally unexpected in a place like this, especially at night. During our night safety checks, residents would sometimes say things like "Who is that man who just came into my room? When we had no male workers. Or Why are their hands coming out of my floor? These comments are scary, but explainable due to dementia and Alzheimer's. Other experiences I cannot explain one night i truly thought i was losing my mind luckily my co-worker was there and i was not alone in this the atmosphere was different that night it was like the air itself was oppressive and malicious we started to hear a strange quiet noise it was distinctive it sounded like the noise a crock pot lid makes as it clatters into place at first i heard it in the kitchen which is not totally unusual. But then I heard it in the halls, and in the resident rooms, and the stairwell, and the basement. I kept hearing this clattering throughout the entire building, which was somewhat large as it housed 80 residents. My co-worker, as it turned out, was hearing it too, but at different times and places. The volume never changed. We never heard that noise before that night or after it. A few hours into the shift I started seeing shadows out of the corner of my eye. This happened on rare occasions before, but on that night it was suddenly happening every couple of minutes to every couple of hours. At some point I received a panicked call from my co-worker over the walkie-talkie. She told me to come up to the second floor immediately. I saw her standing outside of room 68 looking spooked. This room had been empty for a while and had seen quite a few residents come and go. The door was cracked open and black inside. She asked if I'd opened the door. I hadn't. I had not even been on the second floor that day. She insisted that it hadn't been opened during her earlier checks. All unused rooms had to be kept locked so residents wouldn't accidentally go into their rooms and get hurt or confused. Despite everything going on, I thought that an earlier shift must have accidentally left it unlocked and air pressure pushed it open. We went in. Everything looked normal and no one was there, but it was frigid cold. We checked to make sure the heat in the room was on and working, double-checked that the door was locked and left. Later that night, my co-worker refused to go back to the second floor for residence checks, so I went. I got to room 68 and I shit you not, the door was cracked open again. This time, I was the panicked one over the walkie. We checked the room again, which was freezing cold, locked it up and left. The clattering, the shadows and the cold spots seemed to worsen as the night went on. I was nearly in tears by morning. On a different night, I was working alone. One of our jobs was cleaning all the common areas. I cleaned the inside of the elevator, which was all stainless steel and showed smudges very easily. I didn't notice anything unusual as I was cleaning. A short while later, I hopped back in the elevator and almost soiled myself. Terrified, I saw large, man-sized handprint smudges inside the elevator on the walls and on the door. They started at the bottom of the door and had a pattern as if someone was crawling up onto the ceiling of the elevator. The rest of that night I spent trying to avoid whatever hell monster created that nightmare. I know how much you guys love ghost children, so I had to include this one. I was sleeping at my boyfriend now husband's apartment. I woke up one morning to someone grabbing my foot. In my half-asleep days, I looked at the end of my bed and saw a little Asian girl playing with my foot. I couldn't see her very well without my glasses on, but it was daylight and she looked like my husband's niece, who was Asian and was roughly five at the time. I thought it was weird that she was over since they lived a few hours away, but I wasn't alarmed at all, so I just went back to sleep. A few hours later, my significant other came home from work and I asked why his family had stopped by. They didn't. I'd been home alone. I don't know what the hell touched my foot that day, but I think it needs to be drop-kicked down the stairs.
1: Another unexplained child ghost. What's going on?
0: They're very, very frequent, aren't they? More and more of them are finding their way to our emails.
1: More frequent than I'd like. (laughs)
0: more frequent than manny would say was necessary (laughs) i i would like to say that the underwear story fucked me up
1: yeah you could tell when you were reading it because the
0: (laughs) it's one of those stories again where either way like the story we had last week with the girl standing over the guy while he was sleeping if somebody broke into your house and left a pair of underwear in your like at your closet that's so weird and terrifying but equally if it's a ghost also weird and terrifying so there is no there is no positive outcome to that story
1: i have to say i feel like the sheer effort involved in the ghost unpackaging some packaged up underwear and then carrying them upstairs and then laying them out really nicely on the bottom of of their wardrobe deserves a little nod of the hat
0: what i will say is this also imagine if she got out of the shower early and caught the ghost on on unawares, and a pair of her dad's underwear was just floating up the stairs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have been good. I can't handle the handprints going up the elevator either. <clears throat> like, what is that? Why is why is it crawling up up an elevator?
0: Definitely, residential homes are scary places in general, and I think scary places at night time. So I understand that you know at night time you might see shadows and be freaked out because it's it's just a creepy atmosphere, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And I I understand like, you know, there's certain things that happen in those kind of care homes that you can put down to the various ailments that the tenants have and various other things. The problem I've got is that as far as I'm aware, even if you, you know, you're tapping into that superhuman strength that dementia sometimes gives people, you can't scale an elevator in that way if you're a human.
0: An elevator wall, which are notoriously like steel and shiny. Yeah, you like know
1: even the most determined patient was is going to struggle doing that, and particularly in a way where the handprints that they leave are very clear as to what like what is that what is climbing up that elevator that is oh
0: and I, if you work in a place like that, right you get used to the clients, you know the tenants, the residents, you know all of them. so if there was a resident that was like unusually tall. And you walked into the elevator, you'd go, oh, John's been in the elevator because you'd be like, oh, the, you know, he's unusually told. He could probably touch the ceiling in, in that kind of way. So if you immediately go, well, those aren't supposed to be there and that's scary, then that's scary. It's just none of it's good. None of it is good. And I wonder, Lee, if you're the one that's haunted.
1: You can't say that. It's horrible.
0: I've just said it, Lee, because uh, there's this story with when you were living with your boyfriend, I just wondered if that was a ghost trying to protect you, trying to get your attention to protect you because you were in a relationship that wasn't very good. Just a thought.
1: I liked how your sister saw a short person by a bed and because it was short, just presumed it was you.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, sisters. <laughs> And story number two comes from Jay. My grandfather was from Limerick in Ireland. When he was a young man in the 1950s, he took a boat to North America and lived across the US and Canada until he finally settled in Los Angeles. Here, he met my grandmother and had five children, my dad being the youngest. For a few years, my grandfather's brother Paddy lived with them. I've heard many stories of Paddy throughout my life, but I never met him in person as he died before I was born. He was known as a very lively person. He loved horror movies and seemed to have a mischievous streak. At some point Paddy moved back to Ireland and eventually into an apartment in Limerick where he stayed until his death. Fast forward to 2015. I was 14. My grandfather had outlived his brother by at least a decade and a half. The apartment that Paddy had lived and died in was now occupied by some family members of ours. "'Cousins, I think. I don't remember exactly how they were related, "'but honestly, we have so many cousins, "'I've given up trying to remember them all. "'On the morning of Black Friday of that very year, "'my grandfather died. "'It was sometime in the early morning here in LA, "'2 or 3am, I believe. "'Unbeknownst to us, at the exact time of his death, "'give or take a few minutes, "'something was happening in that apartment in Ireland. "'The relatives staying in the apartment at the time "'were downstairs minding their own business.' Then, seemingly, without explanation, a loud noise came from the room upstairs. It almost sounded like a crash, like something heavy had been thrown or moved. They ran up to check. And what they saw, I will never stop thinking about. No one was there. What was there, however, was a chair. It was a heavy chair, one that took effort to move and instead of it being in its usual corner it was in the opposite corner, upside down. Not too long after they got word that my grandfather was dead. Now, if it was Paddy who moved that chair? I'm not sure. But part of me thinks it was. When I think about these stories of older generations of Irish people who emigrated across the world I think about this man from Limerick now Limerick was a city in itself it's not it's not exactly a small town but to settle in LA as an Irish person in the 50s he must have been like where am I because it just would have been mad it would have been completely completely beyond imagination to live in a city like that
1: I have to admit, when Jay started the story and said that his grandfather got in a boat, I was picturing like a rowboat and then, <laughs> and then went to North America and I was like, oh, not that kind of boat. <laughs>
0: Definitely did not row his way to North America.
1: Hey, he might have done.
0: You know that we, you know, in a couple of episodes ago, we talked about the Gormanston foxes. Maybe it was a death warning, but in a different way. Maybe not, maybe not a banshee or a load of foxes showing up at your door because that would be very strange but maybe Paddy threw the chair in a way to make a sound to alert the family that something bad was after happening.
1: Or was Paddy in the seat and then he got up to meet his brother and knocked the chair over?
0: God, he must have got up very dramatically. I mean, they haven't seen each other in a while, in fairness. I think it was a death warning. That's what it sounds like to me. Like a traditional death warning to say, you all need to buckle up now because something, you're about to get some bad news story number three comes from Brittany. Everyone in my family has a ghost story, even when they don't believe in the supernatural. Susan haunted my childhood home. There was the ghost of one of my dorm mates and a great-great-uncle whose footprints marked the walls of a family member's home mimicked the trek up to the mine shaft in which she was killed. I can write about those another time because this is about Bobby. My aunt and her husband have two children, Frankie and Emily. To start, there was nothing too unusual at first. Toys going off at night or moved, and Frankie and the family dog refusing to go upstairs alone. Nothing that would be considered out of the ordinary. That was until their youngest started talking to and about her imaginary friend. My aunt and uncle noticed that Emily's experiences mirrored that of her older brother when he was in the same age four years and prior. Both children had an imaginary friend named Bobby. They spoke to Bobby. Bobby was the one moving and playing with toys at night. Bobby was the one who turned on and off the TV. Bobby this, Bobby that, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Soon, Emily grew out of the imaginary friend phase and Bobby just went away. Neither of the kids remembered him, but my aunt and uncle did. Especially when he'd make himself known. During some light renovations, my aunt was painting their bedroom. When she closed the door to paint the back, she noticed something carved into the wood with a blue inked pen. A small squiggle and three letters. B.O.B. Throughout the years, they heard footsteps, had electronics that went on and off, and just an eerie feeling in the attic. Even my non-believing older brother had a run-in with Bobby. He was house-sitting and heard movements in the kitchen and when he went to check it out, all of the cabinets were open. But here's the most upsetting moment. One time in the middle of the night, Bobby turned on the TV in my aunt's room. She said, Bobby, turn that off, to which he did. And then she pulled back the covers and patted the bed beside her and said, come on, it's time for bed. And she felt something crawl up from the foot of the bed to lay beside her. Then she pulled the blankets up and went right back to sleep. Bobby still hangs around, but he doesn't do anything too outrageous. We have records indicating that there was a child named Robert who lived in the house at one time, but not much more than that. Let's hope that Bobby truly is just a playful child, and that there was nothing nefarious sitting at the top of those stairs.
1: Hell no. I am not able for the story about the aunt saying... Turn the TV off, Bobby, and then inviting it into bed, and it coming into bed. What the hell? No, <laughs> I don't need that in my life.
0: Now, look, I don't want to be chaotic, but like, just don't invite ghosts into your bed. Just don't do it. I I love that our aunt then just went back to sleep.
1: I know that is some serious like commitment, like to the to the cause, like not to even be shook by the fact that you've had a response to your really odd request. Oh, I can't handle that story.
0: Or as, as a mother of two small children, I wonder if she was just like, I just need to sleep and I don't care. <laughs> so you know what, Bobby, get into bed. If it's going to keep you quiet, I don't care.
1: It is a very maternal response to that, because I guess if your kid's up and about and they're supposed to be in bed, you would just get them to be firm with them and tell them to get into bed, wouldn't you? Like, I guess that's what it is. I hadn't really thought of it like that. It's still creepy. I am still not down with it. We have to talk about the imaginary friends, though, to re- to begin with, because... You know, it's not uncommon for kids to have imaginary friends, but for them both to separately come up to the conclusion that the imaginary friend was called Bobby. Uh, and
0: then for them to find out there was a child called Robert that lived in the house. So there's your there's your ghost, kiddos.
1: Although it could have just been a fan of the early noughties rapper B.O.B. B. that carved into the door.
0: Who was B.O.B.?
1: He B.? did that song, Airplanes, with Hayley from Paramount.
0: Oh, Yes can we pretend that airplane that's on yes wow gosh that was a throwback (laughs) (laughs) and story number four comes from chris first of all i wanted to mention that i'm not sure if i believe in ghosts or not i haven't seen any nor do i want to see any but i have experienced a few things that i couldn't explain rationally and one of them is what i'm going to tell you i live in Colorado. But one time, myself and my friend Yanti decided to take a road trip to Galveston Island in Texas, a somewhat popular vacation spot. We really just wanted to get away and take a vacation by the ocean. We found this hotel by the harbour, we picked this hotel because it looked clean, reasonably priced, good location and looked a bit modern. My friend and myself do try to stay at hotels that aren't creepy or too old. We had a good road trip and were impressed with the hotel. The room was nice and clean as pictured and the room we booked had two queen beds. I took the bed by the TV in the bathroom, while my friend took the one by the window. Later that night, after a long road trip, I decided to go to sleep early, while she stayed up and watched TV. I preferred to keep the lights on and the TV on for background noise anyway, when I'm in a new environment like this hotel. Fast forward to the middle of the night. I don't even remember what time it was, but I woke up to the sound of a child giggling in the bathroom area and what sounded like skipping playfully. The child, I wasn't sure if it was a boy or a girl, sounded like it was about six or seven years old, and finally started skipping playfully towards me. The room was dark, so all I could see was a figure or silhouette. The child then came towards the space between the two beds and smacked both his or her hands on my torso area, in a playful way, It wasn't evil or violent in any way, but it completely freaked the hell out of me. So I tried with all of my might to move or speak or wake up or whatever just to make it stop. I wasn't sure if this was a case of sleep paralysis which I've never had in my life, or just a strange dream. But I was finally able to make a noise calling for my friend a few times after really fighting for it. She finally heard, but responded in a somewhat annoyed tone. I felt like I was finally completely up after a few minutes. I scanned the hotel room without wanting to move a muscle and stayed under the blanket. Convinced that I couldn't see anything I decided to just forget about what had happened and thought it was just a bad dream and went back to sleep. We continued our stay and didn't even bring it up at first until we were having breakfast the next day. I just told her I'd had a strange dream the night before and that's when she complained that she was annoyed by me calling her in the middle of the night. I was confused about why she would be annoyed by that and she said that when she woke up from me calling her she noticed that all the lights in the room were off so it was completely dark other than some ambient light from different things in the room. She was annoyed because she said she had left all the lights on before going to bed because just like me she gets scared easily when she's in a new environment so she thought that it was annoying that I would turn all the lights off and now get scared because of it. I was surprised to know that that was the reason why she was annoyed by my calling. I told her I never really woke up and got out of my bed the entire night, let alone turn the lights off. I was even telling her that because I went to bed without doing much of anything else. I couldn't even tell her where the light switches were. So we went back to trying to debunk everything, thinking that maybe the power went out. But then she told me that she didn't believe me that I didn't get out of bed because she said she heard me using the sink in the bathroom and doing some stuff in the seating area, drinking some water, etc., because she heard the glasses clanking. This completely did it for me, and I completely freaked out, because I didn't do any of those things, and I don't remember doing any of it. I don't sleepwalk, I've only done it once when I was really young and never since, and again I couldn't even recall the layout of the bathroom or the seating area or what's there. Luckily, we were checking out that morning, otherwise I wouldn't have been able to go sleep there another night. I found out later from walking around the museum that to the west of the hotel that Galveston was hit by a major hurricane in the 1900s. About six to 8,000 residents were killed, and the site of the hotel used to be the location of the steamship terminal. Was it a ghost? I can't really tell for sure, but we couldn't explain the lights being off, And the sounds and noises that my friend heard. This story makes me very excited to go on holidays again. Without the ghost stuff.
1: (laughs) Yes, you will be going on your own if that's the kind of excitement you're looking for on holiday.
0: (laughs) I did post on the Facebook group this week about places in the UK that are allegedly haunted that people would like us to visit because our restrictions are starting to open back up again. So if you've got any suggestions for places in the UK and you might not be on Facebook, email them to us. Email us and let us know. Hey, in my hometown, there's this place. Come and stay for a weekend and investigate it. I mean, not not stay in your house. Like we'll <laughs> we'll stay somewhere else. But just let us know if there's anywhere that you think we would like to visit.
1: It's um, more children ghosts, or at least ch- children sounds, ghostly children sounds. I'm not. I'm not interested. I don't. I don't want to know about children giggling, and skipping when there's no children there. There's definitely something going on in this story, though, isn't there? Like. To have all the lights turned off and to, for both people to hear things. Mm.
0: I love these stories where you think, oh, it's just a dream. It's just sleep paralysis and then boom, somebody else confirms it. I heard a really traumatising child ghost story today on a podcast called Irish Spirits. Um, I can't remember what episode it was. I think it was called, the episode was called The Ragged Boy. Um, and I'm going to look up the story and hopefully do an episode on it. But it really... It really shook me. And for somebody who listens to a lot of child ghost stories, this one gave me the hijibis and the child skipping towards mm. Chris in the middle of the night reminded me of that story that I heard because that is a that is traumatizing.
1: I think if you look at my notes that I've taken you'll see that towards them is in capital letters. Yes it towards is. Towards them.
0: Can confirm. <laughs>
1: I just don't think you can debunk this, really, for them. I think when you get that confirmation of both people hearing things that can't be explained, and all the lights being off in some way you're not familiar with, is very hard. I think.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a it's a creepy little story. Uh. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find us on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com dot com. You can submit your own story to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail dot com. You can support us on Patreon patreon.com dot com forward slash stories where for five dollars a month or two or two dollars a month you get access to heaps of extra content that is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories and just a little reminder before we go if anyone is still listening at this point we don't do birthday shout outs on the show anymore we announced it about a month or two ago and it was purely because i was getting so many that i was afraid that i would miss some and i did end up missing one which the people who I missed they were very lovely about it but I felt really bad about it so we no longer do birthday shout outs on the show just a little reminder and on that note we shall see you next week
2: adios head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott